0: Welcome back to After Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to Damian Beatdown Brown and Vince Bichel. They're fighting each other this Saturday on Fox Sports 1. And I really think that this is one of those matchups that's flying under the radar for this card. And I think it has a chance of winning the Fight of the Night bonus. So we're going to have to catch up with both of them and see what they have to say. So first up, Damian Beatdown Brown. Here we go. Joining me now is Damian Beatdown Brown. Damian, welcome back to After Battle, man. Hey man, how you going? It's going amazing. I mean, how are you doing? You're taking on Vince Pichel this weekend. I mean, it's your fourth UFC fight. You must be pretty excited.
1: I'm pumped, man. I can't wait. I mean, when I had my first fight, I was just hoping to get another win. Or just to get a win in the UFC. Now, now I'm having my fourth one and potentially my third win in a row. So it's exciting, man.
0: Man, you know, we've talked about your past performances, but one thing that I've always wanted to ask you about is your mindset, because, you know, you're a guy that's overcome a lot of adversity, and in order for someone to be in the position that you're in, you know, you've won seven of your last eight, you got to be super mentally strong, so what was the turning point for you that's led you to, you know, the big success you're having now?
1: Um. Well, I think in the fight, it's just a military mindset, man. You know, like, you're just one foot in front of the other and you don't let anything beat you. I mean, in the military, it's pretty much like a kill-or-be-killed mindset. So it's like if you can embrace that and and take it on board, then that's pretty much what you take into any kind of combat. But in terms of, um, you know, outside it and getting ready for fights, I mean, it's just about not worrying about the things I I can't control. Like, I used to worry about the things that I couldn't control and they'd make me nervous and all that sort of stuff. You know, you can't control that sort of stuff. You can't let it turn into negatives. You just got to worry about what you can, what you can control, and what you can change, and everything else will take care of itself. I think it's just about thinking about that whenever negativities creep in or nerves.
0: So, were you in the military before your MMA career?
1: Uh, no, I was in the military when I, yeah, well, I mean, I was before it, and then I took up MMA while I was in the military. Um, I had my first probably like probably had like my first 15 fights in the military. Why do you think there was so much
0: inconsistency earlier in your career, and why do you think now you're on this big hot streak? Uh,
1: I think the inconsistency early in my career was probably just me me taking steps before I was ready. You know, like, um, you see a lot of guys get to the UFC and they haven't even had 10 fights, and you know, they lose a couple of fights and get cut. I think it's just about getting there before you're ready, you know? Um, I went and fought overseas, coming off two losses, and I lost again. Um, that was my first ever fight overseas, and then you know I went and fought for Cage Warriors because I felt like I couldn't find I couldn't find many opponents back here in Australia, and I like to stay active, and I probably just wasn't ready for those kind of trips. I mean, we've spoken about it before. Like I used to pay my way to Europe, and that you know you don't train properly because you don't want to lose the money you've spent on flights, and it's it's just like there's so many variabilities that affected my performances. Um, I take nothing away from my opponents that won but it's like I probably just took opportunities before I was probably ready to take them and now I feel like whatever comes my way all those lessons that I've learned have prepared me for this opportunity I feel like I'm just ready to be here now.
0: So to put it lightly in a way it's a
1: blessing in disguise. Oh 100% yeah I mean you know, wins, losses doesn't matter, man. I'm in the UFC now. I've got a UFC contract, and uh, I'm using all of those wins and losses as lessons to to be a better person now. So, yeah, it's a it's a blessing, really.
0: I mean, you're not just in the UFC. You got a winning record. You're coming off two very exciting performances, and now you're taking on Vince Pachell. Now, this is a guy that you know I watched on season 15 of The Ultimate Fighter. He had you know he had two wins in the UFC, but he's been out for three years now. You're a, I mean, we watched your fight with John Tuck. We know that if someone starts to slow down a little bit, Damian Brown's going to put the pressure on them. Are you kind of trying to capitalize on the fact that he's been gone for so long?
1: No, not really. I, I don't think any fighter comes in under I mean, you know, some people talk about ring rust. Some people don't. Like, some people believe in it. Some people don't. It's. I, I'm not really going to read into it. I just treat it as if he's going to come in like he's prepared. I mean, He's had a few years off. You like to think he's probably rested, recovered, relaxed. Three years worth of extra technique, and he'll probably come in a different fighter. So I haven't really looked into who he, who he was in the past or how he fought. I just, I just, you know, I worked on my game and I'll just go in there and, and uh, I'll fight like I fight. And if he starts to slow down, then I'll start to pick it up. It's just, you know, it's the way I fight, man. I don't, I don't plan for anyone.
0: Now, do you watch tape on your opponents?
1: No, I, I watched like one round of his last fight. And that was it. Okay, okay. So you, you didn't see the Hobby
0: Law fight. The reason I bring it up is because something he did that impressed me was so in his UFC debut, he got knocked out with a suplex, but then he goes in there against Anthony Njokwani and he beats him via, you know, wrestling. He uses a lot of suplexes in that fight. So that kind of showed me that, you know, he learned from his mistake. Like, did you notice that even though you only watched one round?
1: Um, I have seen the finish that uh, Habilov finished him with. Um, but, uh, you know, he did use a heap of suplexes. But the third round, he looked a little tired after doing that for a whole round. So, you know, you, you can suplex away, man. But if you don't finish someone, then you, you've you got to come back out to the bell and and then you've, you've wasted a lot of energy. I mean, it's a very um, unconservative way to fight. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind, man. Like, whatever, come out and wrestle me. Doesn't doesn't worry, doesn't worry me, man. Hey,
0: speaking of which, because, you know, the when I told the fans that Damian Brown was going to be back on half the battle, one of the things they wanted me to ask you was, you know, your plan on how to deal with his wrestling. And, I mean, for when I heard those questions, I'm like, you know, Sprawl, use the underhooks, push on the head. But, I mean, do you have a specific plan?
1: Yeah, don't let him get hold of my hips. There you go. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> that's all it is,
1: right? I mean, I- I mean, I can wrestle, man, you know, like I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not a chump, you know, like some I I can understand, like I can appreciate the fact that I'm from Australia and, you know, Americans have got this wrestling background and and they've got a really good base. And even if they're not like NCAA wrestlers, they've still got a a wrestling base. It's like if you go to Brazil and you fight a Brazilian purple belt, he's going to have a good base, you know, a good jiu-jitsu base. So it's, I can appreciate that they've got a good base, but I mean, I I don't feel like I'm a slouch on a mat. I feel like I can counter it, I can defend it. You know, I feel like I could take him down if I want to. You know, if I set it up properly, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on his back. So it's like, I don't feel like I can't wrestle. That's how I've, I've won a lot of my fights by wrestling and controlling people. So, you know, o- the obvious thing is don't let him get close enough to get a hold of my hips. And, um, you know, the fight will go the way the fight wants to go. Hopefully he doesn't come to wrestle. Hopefully he comes to punch on man. I need some extra cash
0: (laughs) yes sir now you know it's funny because a lot of people used to kind of laugh at australian mixed martial arts but now i mean you got a guy in robert whittaker who's challenging for the title dan kelly's top 15 tyson pedro you got up and comers such as alexander volkanovsky i mean what's in the water over there man because australian mma is looking more promising than ever
1: Hey, man, we're like a slow-cooked stew. We've been brewing for a while back here, just no one's getting signed. And now they've started to sign us, and, and dudes that are ready are, are putting in performances. So it's like, uh, it's, you know, there's always been talent out here. I mean, we, we've got guys that have never been signed who have gone on and retired that could have fought easily in the UFC. It's just, you know, it's just that the, the sport's grown to a point where other countries' talent is starting to get recognized, and, and people are like, oh, I didn't know they could fight. But really they could always fight It's just that the sport wasn't big enough To, to sign that many people from other regions So you know It's, it's the same with Whitaker and the wrestling Like everyone says how's he going to stop Jacare's wrestling The right hand man You know he just stopped it Like it's It's, it's like You know you, Yeah it's, it's just uh, We've we got lots of talent out here man And there's lots of people unsigned And lots of people signed That, that can certainly make a difference
0: now you fought in Australia many times. Is this your first time fighting in New Zealand?
1: No, I fought in New Zealand once before. Oh, okay. You yeah. ex- you excited, it's, uh, man?
0: It's right. It's uh, right next door.
1: Pumped, man. I mean, I like fighting overseas and traveling, so uh, you know I'm excited about it. But uh, I wanted to fight at uh, UFC 211. Um, where was that? Dallas, but uh, you know with the card in my region coming up the UFC wanted me on it so I I put it off a little and here we are so hopefully uh you know we go over there and get ourselves an exciting victory for the for the fans and the media and and uh get my next trip to the US
0: I know you saw Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo I mean oh my god could you believe he did Jose Aldo like that
1: um I mean the dude's on a tear right 10 fight win streak he's no slouch you can't um you can't, uh, you can't underestimate someone who's on a 10-fight win streak and, and both their last losses are to Conor McGregor. So, did I think he was going to win? No, I thought Jose Aldo was going to pump him with leg kicks and then if he didn't put him away, then he, he'd win a decision. But um, he didn't throw leg kicks, right? Which shocked, I think, more than just me. So, um, you know, if you're going to box with someone who's got that range, eventually they're going to catch you and that's exactly what happened. So, uh, you know well done to max holloway i I think it's awesome some young young talent and young champions is uh is good for the sport you know it shows that it's evolving and that people are coming through
0: now last time we spoke you know you said one of your goals is you know you want to spread awareness you know for the military vets and now that you know you are two and one in the ufc you just had an incredible fight your profile is growing do you feel like you've been able to spread that message at all
1: yeah, I think so. I think the more wins I get, the more I can spread the message, man. You know, it's, it's important for veterans to stay strong and to really get through each day. I think there's heaps of them that struggle, and it's nice that there's people out there that will, you know, just be a set of ears if they need it. Yeah, no doubt about it, man, and, you know,
0: much respect for doing that kind of thing. Robert Whittaker's challenging for the title. It's the first ever Australian to challenge for a UFC world title. Now, firstly, tell me what it means to Australia to have one of your own challenging for the championship, and then also tell me your thoughts on the fight itself
1: well first of all it's not the first australian to challenge for a world title oh yeah mark hunt against
0: word doom you're right my bad
1: no no and elvis center for tito ortiz back at like ufc 53 i think or something like that so we did have a australian that tito ortiz beat for the world title and then mark hunt fought for the interim one but uh yeah um so it's awesome that he's fighting for a world title i think i think that he deserves it. i mean how much of a tear do he have to go on to actually to actually get his shot? Like some guys get three or four fight win streaks and they get their shot. He's done like a seven fight win streak or something, you know. And he puts guys away. I think um, I think he finishes Jacare, uh, not Jacare, Sorry. I think he finishes Romero in the first round. First round. Wow. Very very bold prediction, Damien. Yeah, I think he knocks him out towards the end of the first round. Powerful. He's fast. He's uh, he's got it together, man.
0: He really does, man I, I, You know, and I feel like Oh, obviously, you know Ever since he moved up to 185 It's just Everything's been translating He's fighting on a different frequency And, man, he's so much faster Than these guys, too
1: Yeah, I mean He's he's explosive, man I mean, so is Romero But Romero's kind of like uh, Really relaxed Chills out Lays back And then explodes Whitaker's on the He's on the pulse, man The whole time, you know He's not He's not relaxed And waiting to explode He's, he's fainting faking and dipping, ducking, weaving, and then he explodes. So I think uh, he he's really unpredictable and I think that he will definitely finish his fight inside the uh, distance of the first round.
0: Hey tell me what you think about this fight man because look John Jones and Daniel are rematching and you know is this simply a case where John Jones has DC's number or do you think that Cormier can make the proper adjustments to hand John Jones his first ever legitimate defeat?
1: What are the proper adjustments? <laughs> I mean, that, that's I mean? like the question, he, he's, right? He's, he's undefeated, man. No one's made the proper adjustments, have they? So, uh, yeah, no, nah, I don't, I think, I think, uh, I mean, I like Cormier. Yeah. He's, he's a gentleman, you know, he does the right things, he says the right things, he's a good role model for people. But uh, I think John Jones wins this one for sure. He gets, what, he gets, he gets back what's his and puts all the bad stuff behind him and, you know, the world loves John Jones again. Well, Damian,
0: it's going down for you this Sunday, for us this Saturday, you and Vince Pachel. If it were up to you, how would this fight go down, Damian?
1: Uh, if it was up to me, this fight would go down with both of us standing in the center of the cage, throwing punches, and someone goes to sleep in the second round. Well, damn Probably man.
0: not me. <laughs> we wish you the best of luck, man. I hope you get that fifty G bonus, which they should have given you. Your last two fights, maybe this will, maybe third times is the charm, my man. And uh, best third of luck, man. Third time
1: lucky. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Anytime. Before you go, let the audience know where they can follow you and anything else you want to tell the fans. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Beatdown One Five Five. Check out my pages. Follow my stuff. Share it. More love, the better. Thanks, guys.
0: And joining me now is Vince Pichelle. Vince, welcome to Half the Battle. What's up, Daniel? Thanks for having me, bro. You got it, man. So, dude, you're making your return. It's been three years. I bet you're champing at the bit to get back in there.
2: Yeah, man, I'm so stoked. It's It's been way too long, bro. Um, I've died and came back from the dead. So I'm going to make everyone regret it. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah.
0: And man, they got you fighting in a very exotic place. I mean, you're fighting in New Zealand. I mean, what a great place to make your return in, right? Oh yeah, dude, it's beautiful out here. I, honestly, you can't
2: you can't turn in any direction and not see beautiful scenery. Um, the people are here are amazing. Everyone's super friendly. The cops don't even carry guns. Um, honestly, I got a speeding ticket,
0: and the cop was like so cool to me. It was kind of weird. <laughs> Man, you got any plans to stick around in New Zealand a little bit after the fight and do some exploring? I mean, maybe. If I find a cute Maori girl, uh, I might get married and get my resume card out here and not go back home. Yeah, no, exactly. And, man, it's such a different, you know, place because, you know, over here, I'm recording this. I'm speaking to you on Monday night. And over there, it's like Tuesday afternoon, right? Yeah, it's Tuesday. It's about quarter to three right now in the afternoon. Man, so you you said you went out there two weeks in advance to acclimate. Yeah, I came out two weeks early because I've never fought outside the country, and uh, I didn't honestly I didn't know
2: what to expect. So I wanted to come out here early. I wanted to uh, see how things were. I didn't know if it was, um, you know, what I mean, elevation was going to be an issue. I didn't know weather. So I wanted to get out here super early and get get prepared for everything and be all prepared. Because, like I said, this is my first fight out of the country, and I don't want to come out here and kind of just be thrown into the into the wind of things. So I hear, I'm going to be a to when I'm out here. How's the jet lag treating you? Honestly, I don't get jet lag. Um, I was good the, the the same day I got out here. I was out venturing off. Um, so the first day I got out here, I got here about 7, 8. I think I got here about 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I was already out venturing off, sightseeing um, and stuff. I took the day off training just because I couldn't really get anything organized that fast. Um, I was out sightseeing, uh, doing my thing, and the next day I was right into training. So um, I don't really feel jet lag too much when I go on long trips. I mean, I've been outside the country a bunch. I've been to Italy. I've been to the Middle East. So
0: jet lag really doesn't affect me too much, which I'm glad. So they gave you a really tough, gritty, experienced vet for your return, man. You got Damien beat down Brown in New Zealand. Uh, how pumped are you for this matchup knowing that this is a guy that's going to come to fight you?
2: Um, I was stoked, honestly, like, I mean, yeah, he's a tough dude, but, you know, I mean, I'm no Scotch myself. I'm, we're both planning coming in and finishing each other, so it's going to be a good fight. Um, I feel like it's a good fight for me return-wise. Um, I've been out for three years, and, you know, people are trying to get th- that ring rust, one, which, I mean, to me, honestly, is bullshit, but um, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to fight, too. He's, I don't feel like he's going to really
0: be able to handle anything I throw at him, honestly. So you think ring rust is just a mental thing? Yeah, I think it is.
2: Um, it's, I, I definitely think it is. Ring rush, for me comes comes with doubt. When people doubt themselves, they doubt their abilities, and there, there's no doubt in my mind in, in my abilities and what I'm capable of. And it's not like I haven't been training. And the guys I training with, honestly, when I'm training, it's almost like an actual fight. We're just not trying to kill each other. You know what I mean? So,
0: I mean, that aspect of it. I mean, it's it's really just another day in the office for me. Good to hear, man. I heard you did a little bit of work with uh, the rugby team, the All Blacks. Yeah, I went down to a chief training center uh,
2: with uh, a bunch of them. So I guess there was a, they all trained because I'm not really sure about rugby. I'm barely starting to get into it. But there was a, I'm going to say there was like five to ten dudes there from the All Blacks rugby team just training, working out and stuff. I got to meet Liam Neesum which is basically, like, the number one rugby rugby player in the world right now. He's one of the top guys. And, I mean, there's other guys there, too, that are, you know what I mean, top ten rugby d- dudes that um, I got to watch them work out, and they got to watch me work out. It was, it was cool because they were kind of like, wow, like, the shoot you do was awesome. Like, they were kind of like a little starstruck by me. And, you know I mean, I'm kind of the same with them because it's like we're, we're both on, on – we're both a- extreme athletes, you know what I mean, rugby and, and MMA. But – it was cool to just to, to be there working out, see them work out, and, and I mean them being a little starstruck by me, and, and the same for me being a little starstruck by them.
0: So it was kind of cool to, to do that. It was a real humbling thing for me. Man, what's their training like? Because, you know, obviously we don't have rugby over here.
2: Yeah, um, actually the day I went there was a light training day for them, so they really they did weights. It was weightlifting for them, which, I mean, they call it a light day, but those dudes are benching 500, 500 pounds and squatting 1,000 <laughs> pounds, a couple of those dudes. so. Wow. I mean, I don't, I hate to see what they do on a rough day, honestly, but it, w- it was basically, a, they told me that it was a light day for them, and they were like, you probably think we're pussies, because we're just weightlifting, and I was like, nah, man, I've seen Rose I know you guys are badasses, you guys are tough, so it, it was just awesome, and uh, it was cool, like, just, just to be a part of their element, because like I said, I barely started to get into it, and uh, I mean, so far, I love the sport, I love how it's like football, but it's a little rougher, it's kind of like. I mean, watching watching rugby and then watching football.
0: Football is kind of like a pussy version of rugby, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no joke. I'll tell you that much. And dude, did you by chance see Max Holloway versus Jose Alda?
2: I saw highlights of it. Max Holloway, man, he he he's a champion. That dude fought like a champion. He went into he went into that land like like he was a, like he was an old king in, in the medieval times and just taking over taking over someone else's land. And uh, all those threw some good shots at him. I know he, he probably rocked and hurt him a couple times, but Max Holloway stayed long and, and threw his combos at him and, and finished the fight, which is what I was honestly expecting Holloway to do. He's a tough dude, a good fighter. He's Hawaiian,
0: and uh, you know those dudes are those dudes come to fight. Straight up, man. I mean, who you got between uh, Mark Hunt and Derek Lewis in the main event this weekend? Shit, man. That's a tough one. To, that's a tough one to call. I mean, either dude can put each other
2: to sleep with a slap. So, I mean. <laughs> Mark Hunt's my boy, you know. I'm I'm going Mark Hunt, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not sleeping on Derek Lewis either, because like I said, those the, both those dudes can put someone out with a slap. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go Hunt. Hope so, my boy Hunt comes out
0: on top. Man, it's gonna be a banger, that's for sure. So you know, obviously you were on the Ultimate Fighter 15 Tough Live. You were in the top four, and you know to this day I still think that Tough Live is the best season of Tough that there's been. I mean, the top four guys. Kiesa Ayakinta, Vic, and yourself. I mean, all you guys are still in the UFC doing big things. You know what I mean? So, how much did that change your life being on the Ultimate Fighter? Honestly, it it one
2: my life. Um, before the Ultimate Fighter, I was going through thinking about quitting fighting. Um, I was kind of just running through people seven to zero, and, and I was telling my coach and Brian and my coach Brian Peterson and Big John McCarthy where I trained that um, I wanted some bigger fights. You know what I mean? I wanted to be tested because I didn't want to just be running through these dudes, you know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that this is something that I'm actually good at, and I want I wanted to prove to myself that I am one of the best in the world that I can compete at the top level, so for a while there, I was getting a little discouraged because I wanted to get a big fight, and I was kind of an unknown dude, you know? Like, no one really knew who I was. They just knew my record. I was 7-0 and seven knockouts, so, I mean, that's all anyone really knew about me. I mean, I'm not really super huge on social media or, like, marketing myself like that because... I don't fight I don't fight for that, you know what I mean I don't fight for the I mean the money's good, I don't fight for the money but you know what I mean of course I wanna get paid but I honestly fight just because it's fun. Like it's it's just something that i that ever since I was a young kid I wanted to do, ever since watching the first fighting movies like Bloodsport, Kickboxer and the Rocky movies, like I always wanted to be a fighter and I always had this mentality of a fighter in me, so um, it's just something that I love to do. Um, once I got an Ultimate Fighter, I, I mean before the Ultimate Fighter I was gonna quit and I basically I had a buddy who passed away gave it for my birthday that year in 2011 when I found out about it. And uh, he, he told me, like, you know, don't be a pussy. Just, just stick out the rest of the year. And, you know what I mean, if, if the end of the year comes and you don't get a big fighter, you know what I mean, it's, it's not you're not happy anymore, sacrificing what you are, then move on. At least you said you tried. So that's what I did, and I found out all my fighters coming out, I think, in uh, December. Um, my buddy passed away November 22nd, uh, which is a day before my birthday. I found out in December that Ultimate Fighter was having tryouts uh, in my weight class, so I was like, "This must be a sign," you know. I tried. And I told myself, if I make it, I'm gonna keep fighting. If I don't, then you know, I'll let it go. I'll let that. I'll let that be the sign to tell me, you know what I mean, if, if I'm gonna stay or not. And uh, I obviously made it. Um, I ruined Cody Fisher. Got on the show. Did really well on the show. And shit, here I am. What is it? Uh, Five years later, I'm still fighting. So. um, Absolutely blessed about the Ultimate Fighter and the opportunity that it presented and what it gave to me because without that, I, who knows what I'd be doing right now. I wouldn't be fighting, that's for sure.
0: Where does your mental fortitude come from, man? Because you mentioned how you, know, you could have quit before the Ultimate Fighter and then also, I mean, in the last three years, a lot of guys would have been very discouraged, but I mean, here you are about to make your return. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say it was easy. And I'm not say, I'm not gonna say I wasn't discouraged and wasn't
2: thinking about retiring in that in that amount of time. But I, I honestly don't know. My mental strength maybe just comes from where I grew up. You know, what I mean, I grew up pretty rough. Um, not to get too much into it, but I wasn't really given a whole lot or, or had a whole lot of, of leash for myself to you know what I mean. Go out and explore and do my thing. I was kind of I was kind of kept in. I want to say kind of like a dungeon uh, environment where I wasn't really allowed to go out or do things. Because of where I lived. And uh, I'm not sure, honestly. I just, some people are born with it, some people don't, don't or aren't. And I was just blessed with it. My, my mental uh, capability is, is one of my strongest weapons. Um, and I'm just, I'm just blessed to be born with that. Um, I think a lot of it, maybe just my mom. I grew up with my mom, her just teach me little things here and there. So, I mean, when I was younger, like I said, I got in a lot of fights. I got my first fight, I think, when I was in like first or second grade protecting my brother. And I beat up some like sixth grader, and I was only in second grade, so like that was kind of unheard of for a little kid like that to beat up a bigger kid. And uh, I remember mom telling me like she was kind of mad at me, and she asked me what happened. And I told her like this kid was picking on a pony and my brother. You know what I mean? I I just I just started whooping his ass. I started throwing punches. And my mom uh, told me she was basically proud of me, and it kind of took me by surprise. And she she basically told me she's like, listen, she's like, I'm not raising no no fucking bully, so. If you need to protect your own, you know, what I mean your family, your friends, people you care about, by all means do what you gotta do. But if I ever catch you picking a fight or, or being the bully or you know, be I mean? the instigator, then I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass. So that was just one thing that was always revealed to in me and, and that was something that, that I still live by to this day. Even before fighting, if I was out in the streets, you know what I mean, that's why I got a lot of fights is I'd be at parties and stuff and someone would maybe pick on one of my friends or, or you know what I mean, trying to start a fight with someone who obviously doesn't want any issues or anything and I would take it upon myself to to um, be the good guy and kind of kind of jump in and help that person out just because of the morality and, and my morals that I have and things that my mom taught me growing up. So I, honestly, I think a lot of it's just my mom, just little things
0: like that that she taught me here and there just growing up. So when you beat up that bully, is that when you first kind of realized, hey, man, I, I like this fighting thing? No, you know what? Well...
2: Yes and no. So I always wanted, I wanted to fight before because I remember seeing like the Rocky movie stuff when I was super young. And I remember that's like one of the first movies I saw it was Rocky because um, my mom had this boyfriend Wayne at the time, and he was uh, he was basically into that stuff, and and he introduced me to things like that. So I always was like intrigued by it, and wanted to do it. But when I got that first taste of fight, it was kind of like it was kind of like a lion getting his first taste of blood. You just want more, you know. And and I think it just kind of steamrolled from there. But once I got that first taste, yeah, it, just, it felt good. Honestly, like it wasn't like I hated that kid. I mean, yeah, I was pissed at him because he was picking on my brother, and that's my brother. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta protect my younger brother. But it was, it was just fun. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I got hit. You know, I got hit a little bit and screwed up from it, but I enjoyed it. I didn't have any problems with it. it. I was comfortable, honestly. I, I couldn't describe it any other way besides I was comfortable in that chaos.
0: Yeah, and I mean, speaking of being comfortable in chaos. Even though you haven't fought in the last three years, it must have been mental chaos to you know to be on the sidelines. So again, that that's back to your mental fortitude, man. So yeah, you must be pretty excited about uh, Sunday.
2: Oh, I am! I'm super stoked, and come Sunday, I mean, the world's going to know and the world's going to realize once again what I'm capable of and, and what I am as, as a fighter and and uh, who I am as a person. So. I mean I'm I'm nothing but happy and, and ecstatic for this fight. I'm I'm super focused. I'm really determined. Nothing's going to slow me down. Nothing's going to steer me away and come Sunday night the world's going to see that. The world gets, the world's in for a jaw dropper.
0: Well, Vince, it's going down for you on Sunday, for us on Saturday. You versus Damian Brown. How's it going to go down, Vince? I'm going
2: to finish him any chance any chance I get. Um if he, give, if he lets me knock him out, I'm going to knock him out. If he gives me a sub, I'm going to take it. Um, I'm not a greedy person, so I take what I get. So whatever he gives me, I'm, I'm going to pick that low-hanging fruit and take it.
0: Well, Vince, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the fans. Go ahead. Thank you, man. Pleasure's all mine.
2: Um... Guys, you can follow me on all my social media. It's all the same. I keep it simple. From hell, Pichel, P-I-C-H-E-L. Um, follow me on my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook page. I want to give a shout-out to all, everyone that helped me train for this training camp, um, everyone at Peterson Grapplers, everyone at the Sugarfoot Training Center, everyone at Streets 14 Valley, and last but not least, everyone at um, Citadong in Azusa, uh, California. And I also want to train, uh, give a big shout-out to all my friends out here in New Zealand over at America Top Team New Zealand over at Oliver's MMA. All those guys have taken me in like like family out here and helped me out a lot. I want to thank all my training partners. I want to thank all the fans that stuck by me. I want to thank my family, my friends, all the fans again. I want to thank all my sponsors. I want to thank Rev Gear. I want to thank The Throne, Defense Soap. I want to thank Rockwell Watches. I want to thank my manager, Jason House, for hooking me up. I want to thank the UFC for not cutting me. Um, especially since they've been cutting people for a lot less than, than what I've been through is with all my injuries lately. Um, just absolutely blessed. Everyone, everyone that's been there to support me. I want to thank. And then uh, also, I want to, I want to thank all that hate that I've built up over these years. All the, all the hard times I've been through. Everything, all the turmoil that I've had to endure. Cause that's what lights the real fire under my ass and gets me going. So um, everything, I, just everything that I've been through. Every, every. Uh, Everything good or bad is is a thankful thing for me, and and without any of those good or bad times, you know me, I I wouldn't be the guy I am today, and I wouldn't be where I am today, so
0: I want to thank everything and everyone. There you have it, folks. Damien Beatdown Brown and Vince from Hell Pichel. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up the five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you very much. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down UFC Auckland, Mark Hunt versus Derek the Black Beast Lewis. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.